This is the Rad Mars Podcast, episode 20. I'm Andy Mindler. And I'm Brendan Trombley. I'm Trevor Williams. I'm Andrew Ford. Yo, and I'm Rouchy. <laughs> hey, welcome back, Rouchy. I'm back. We missed you last time. How was your week off? Uh, no, this week is the week off, not last week. Off from what? the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Silly goose. Oh, uh, I don't know. That's nice. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you do with your extra the hours? Two hours of the time you had on Sunday. What did I do? I played Risk of Rain. It was pretty fun. Well, I was actually I was in the middle of uh, Risk of Rain 2 recently. I guess not by the time you hear this, but recently came out of uh, Early Access, and I'm in love with it. Were you playing like this entire weekend? I was looking at your Steam profile. It seemed like you were playing just like nonstop <laughs> the entire time. I guess I have been playing a lot of it. Yeah, I don't know. it's a good game. It's fun. I like. Now it. that I think back on the hours of my life that are gone, <laughs> eh, you know, spent, well spent. Is it another roguelite where uh, a roguelike or rogue whatever where you're unlocking things and dying repeatedly? Yeah, uh, it's that's... a rogue bike. You have to ride it, you ride it over and over again. It's in when you die on the bike, you die in real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's the classic rogue roguelike formula where you just. You take a third-person shooter game where you're going from level to level to level, killing enemies and getting items, and then you throw in permadeath and uh, a meta layer of unlockables on top of that. Um, they do a cool thing where, like, you unlock all these different characters by doing things, but then the characters themselves have, like, a little kit of abilities that you can unlock alternates for by getting achievements. So it's, like, really addicting to, like, oh, I have this character that I like, and he's got an alternate right-click ability if I kill 15 guys in the air without hitting the ground. So let me try to do that for a bit so I can unlock this alternate version of the ability. It's got a good loop, good cycle. Hmm. Did you say it's a third-person shooter? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild for roguelikes. I was picturing a side-scroller for some reason. Well, Risk of Rain 1 was a side-scroller, yeah. Oh, wow, and so this one, they like turned it into a third-person shooter? Yeah. Wow. Old move. It's been out for uh, 100 years, but the, the 1.0 out of early access came out recently that's a pretty big shift the trend yeah i guess so i didn't like the first one andrew did a lot Um, yeah it's very it's very funny that they almost it's almost like a remake they just they just basically took the same game and just made it 3d (laughs) and (laughs) kind of inherited everything about it including the mild problems it has but overall Uh, it's very good in my opinion yeah Hmm. it's not perfect but it's really fun and it like properly i guess because we talked about this in the past it properly kind of made the jump to 3d I think so, yeah. yeah. I actually did. Do you think it's better? In my opinion, yes, because I didn't like the first one. But, I mean, I guess that's up for debate. I think the first one just didn't grab me. Ford, what did you think? If you played both. I played both. I liked the first one very slightly more, but I think I need to play the second one some more hmm. to really make up my mind. That's so fascinating that they would make such like, a drastic change like that. Um, You know, sometimes we do segments where it's kind of like, like a what's wrong with me segment like Mm -hmm. sometimes one of us is like you know this is the thing i don't do or thing i don't like like am i crazy is this something like is there something wrong with me we've done it a couple times so so my like my version of this is uh all about tabletop rpgs and like D D and the like i've played them almost my whole life actually was really into the idea when i was like way younger actually because like my dad introduced me to them he he's always played them when you say way younger, what do you mean? Is it just like, like li- teens? Literally, like some of my first memories as like a four year old are like, whoa, well, my dad playing D and D with like his med school or whoa. like resident friends or whatever. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, like it's been part of my life for pretty much my whole life. What, what kind of characters were you making at like four years old? Were you like 
Taper pants, poopy head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I actually played, but I remember being like interested in the miniatures and the idea of it and like knowing that that was a thing. And then like later on when I was a little bit older, like a few years older, you know, I had some like kind of baby's first RPG like boxed sets that were like RPG-ish. Mm-hmm. Back then I used to be into like archer types, like elfy archer types. That was like my thing. Sexy archers. <laughs> yeah, sexy is extremely important. Mm-hmm. But no, like, yeah, I've, I've always been into the like nature-y type characters. Um, that tends to be one of my go-tos. Whether or not they're an archer anymore, um, I've had some bad experiences. I've been burned. I've been burned by being an archer in the past, so I, I don't do that as much anymore. Makes sense. <laughs> Gotta up that fire resistance. Yeah, no, actually, uh, uh, that that box set. Uh, I remember like everyone having like when we played it, everyone had like these awesome turns, and then I'd like be like, okay, I'm gonna shoot the monster with my bow, and I roll and fail, and then my turn is over. Like I got like a single, I got like a single bow shot while everyone else got like crazy spells and like whirlwind attacks and <laughs> just kept fucking missing. Yeah, it's <laughs> a weird. That's a weird six-year-old memory just sticking out in my head, or seven or something. Is your deep-seated hatred for D and D just that you pick bad classes? <laughs> no, it's not. Definitely you not. just rolled critical failures <laughs> yeah. like a hundred times in a row. I was like, this game sucks. No, because I still, I always, most, I very much dice. enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it uh, as a as a young kid, and even into my teens, played some D and D. I DM'd as like a teenager a few times with a, uh, with a group of friends, um, and then a different group. I was not the DM; I was just a player. Were you a, a mean DM? Were you like, would you like kill your team off and stuff? And be like, no, I was. Fucking, you you deserve this. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was mean to. Okay, so yeah, there's the other. There was one other experience I had. I guess as a teenager was playing just with one other friend, like me and one of my best friends. We played a bunch together. My dad actually had like picked up the third edition rule books, kind of read through them and was into them, but no, I had no one to play with. So he was like, here, just take my books and you can, you can read them. And so I learned all the rules. And the only person I had to play with at the time was this friend. And I think, I don't know if we took turns DMing for each other, but basically one person would DM, the other person would like play like a party of characters. It was like kind of a, how, uh, how, how the hell else do you do that if you're only playing yeah. D- D&D? But this friend, he wanted to play like the... <laughs> The most overpowered bullshit character, like half dragon, half celestial, half blah, 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 half blah, blah, blah. Uh. And is like the chosen destined one with all these overpowered bullshit powers. And I'm like, no, dude, you're a level one fighter. Yeah, you better be ready to take like uh, uh, huge experience penalties because you can't, you're not going to get, like, that's how, that's how you do that stuff. Like if you play an overpowered race, you're supposed to take an experience penalty. And he did like multiplied that by like a million. But that, that's not even the source of this. <laughs> I still enjoyed it back then. Uh, uh, putting together dungeons was a lot of fun, like like sketching them out on graph paper, super fun. Trying to figure out cool encounters was really fun. Like that one group I DM'd with, the first encounter I ever did with them, it was like a very basic, you know, like kill rats. You know, like dire rats is like a very common first enemy that you fight. But, I'm familiar with this experience. <laughs> yeah, it's in all of the example modules. <laughs> I have lived the dire rat <laughs> quandary. Infestation. Yeah. yeah. So this infestation happened in the bottom in the basement. <laughs> Plus of the one shovel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, the, and the rats got into the potion store. So like all the rats had random potion effects on them. And that was the encounter. So like, it was just like a cool way to. Ah. to mix it up that was like fun mm-hmm. like yeah, applying like game design shit before i realized i was going to be a game designer as a career um no i guess it was more like into adulthood that i started kind of getting really f- just sort of fed up with some things about playing these games uh and like yeah so like i i i've played them at like pax east before and a few other like 
you know, one-offs or, or um, short campaigns that didn't really go anywhere in the end and found myself usually being just like super bored or just like fed up with how time consuming it was. Like a, D, like, a, like a game of D&D, the first session, if you even get to making your character, that takes hours. And then usually the very first encounter takes a whole other session. And it's like four, five, six hours goes by before like anything happens. And then, of course, there's all the like, well, how are you, how are you going to get the next session together? And uh, getting a group of five, five or six adults, you know, to do that. <laughs> impossible. It's all yeah. impossible. Wrangling <laughs> a million people. Yeah. When the experience even gets together, uh, it, it's like usually real slow. And unless you have like an amazing game, the des- like game designer as your DM, you're not even guaranteed it's going to be like a great campaign, right? It like rests so heavily on who the DM is as well. So yeah, uh, especially as a, a, a as kind of like an adult, I haven't found myself super jazzed about playing these games anymore, and it's weird because it's like it should be like a foundational thing, and I sh- I feel like I should be really into them, but I'm not. So I guess like my first question is. Is there a specific part of it that you really don't like? Is it just the combat and how time-consuming it is? Is it like the RPing aspect? Is it like interacting with NPCs or trying to figure out what to do? Is it like the people you're playing with? Like, what what's what's the major pain point here? Do you think? Or is it the setup? Like, <sighs> it's just like the gearing logistics. up to actually play the fucking game. It's definitely a lot of that. I, maybe it's like a bit of a. It's like one of those, uh, it stresses me out somehow, like, and not because, not because uh, I'm stressed about playing the game, I'm more stressed about the experience that everyone else is having, right? It's like, like if you're the DM, right, you're going to be really stressed out about making sure everyone's having a really good time and being kind of self-conscious about that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And just for for me, as someone who, uh, I guess you could call an introverted person, also like, without being like weirdly uh, self-promoting like really empathetic like to the point where it's sometimes really critical like crippling you know like uh-huh. if, if you're always worrying about everyone else's experience and like stressed about it, if they're having a good time or not it just those two things in combination drain my brain super hard and super fast yeah so usually i find it exhausting <laughs> yeah, it's like emotionally and like physically draining just yes. the experience of it i definitely you know agree with that too an introversion like it's like a it's like a drain on your energy meter just being around people interacting with them, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's... obviously you need to do it cuz you're a human being, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Um and then and then the flip side of that, right, is is does the is the experience even like worth all of that energy and stress? I think I feel like it rarely I don't know, it, it rarely comes out to be a really rewarding gaming experience. And maybe that's only cuz I've never gone long enough for it to be rewarding. I'm not really sure. Mm. Out of curiosity, did you find it as emotionally draining when you were playing as a player as opposed to the DM? Because it definitely makes sense when you're responsible for like the overall experience, but when you're just one of the people who's sort of experiencing it, I feel like the stakes are a little bit lower. One of the fuck-ups just throwing wrenches and all the shit, and you're just like, ha, 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 let's fuck everything up, punch wall, punch you. No, actually, it's the opposite, because I empathize a little too hard with the DM, and I'm like, oh. well, this person wants a really good campaign. What can I do to make it a good oh, I campaign? I gotta do what and... they think I, they want me to do. Yeah, oh. But also, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. That's too meta. That's going to be like too much. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can explain, I can explain one time where I had a blast playing. It was actually with the same friend that I was the, the, the celestial dragon friend, uh, but this was us as this was us as adults. Um, and he was playing. He had a game going on with some friends locally, but they all live in upstate New York in my hometown. So I was visiting, and he invited me to come play as like a like a one off, you know, just just to like what, what's it called, like a celebrity 
you know, the guest celebrity star. shot of beer pong. Yeah. Guest star, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guest starred, and that took a lot of pressure off for some reason. And I also went in with a different attitude about it, being like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to create as much fun as possible. And, and, the, pressure, and the pressure was low because, yeah, it was just a one-off. So I, I knew my friend, too, and I like, looked at his character sheet, and I was like, of course he chose to be like a noble, right? <laughs> just the total thing he would be. Like, his character was a noble. So I was like, all right, I'm going to play a character that's like a black sheep cousin in his family, and he's a bard. <laughs> And he's a total fuck up. <laughs> and so I like threw I threw my bard bard character together. I actually gave him some good mechanics too. Uh, I made him very like mind magicy, and just had him like be at the tavern that they were arriving at. And then like they come in, and he's just like, "Oh, cousin, it's great to see you. How you know? I haven't seen you since Aunt Matilda's you know funeral." And just like went all hog wild on it, and like uh, just just like try to embarrass his character as much as possible <laughs> basically <laughs> and it was a blast and then like we we like we had a bit of an encounter and then we had a fight there was like a fight in the woods or something and then you died and the best part about it <laughs> no 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 actually i was i was kicking a lot of ass because i was also playing the character like the character uh doing a lot of really good crowd control shit but then like the we our session ended in the middle of the fight so i had to kind of role play being like well i guess my character just in the middle of the fight is just like it was great to see you. Bye. And just like, just in the woods. <laughs> you got this right. I'll see you. You're good. I'm That'd be great a, if you, you just like. I get you back. You just disappeared. Yeah. You like imagination this whole time. Like Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, like, sorry, guys. I got a gig I got to go to. <laughs> you guys got this covered. You look like you're good. You don't need me. Oh, that's great. Uh, that whole thing was like a super blast. And I'm actually not entirely sure. I guess, I mean, I, the attitude I went into it was a little different. Uh, you were actively act working against someone, which was <laughs> more exciting to you. <laughs> I made it. Well, here's here's a big thing: is I made it character based, right? Uh, I I went. I, I leaned heavily into the role playing because really, like, starting to think about what what really is truly fun about D anD D and uh, game mechanics in D anD D are kind of really sh- like a vehicle for storytelling rather than yeah uh, anything else, right? Because you could just yeah. play a video game, like the combat. This kind of sucks. It's like a worse tactics game. Yeah, I mean, all, it, it is a tactics game, but a computer doesn't take care of all the dumb shit for you, so you have to keep track of it all. I mean, I think yeah. that's kind of the difference between four and five. Yes, where four is like a very tactical, like action RPG kind of situation, and then five, they're kind of like, mm, fuck it, just kind of be loose and have some fun. <laughs> no, it was. I think it was a perfect move. Four was yeah. a total like mistake to make it more like World of Warcrafty. I have had more fun with five. I only got into D and D really in sort of like my adulthood. Um, I dabbled a bit, a little bit when I was younger, um, but all of those experiences were pretty, you know, just not very fun. Um, I think part of it because a lot of the people that I was playing with didn't know what we were doing, and so we were just sort of trying to sort of figure it out on our own, having done nothing but sort of skim through the books. Yeah, that worked about as well as you would expect um i remember one incident uh, in high school when uh, a group of five people who had never played it before got together and the dm's like okay um let's do this and of course he was no more familiar with the rules than we were so he's like okay you're all in the middle of the forest you're all goku nice <laughs> you're all in the middle of the forest uh you see a castle about two hours away um you're like okay we walk to the castle okay it's about two hours away <laughs> two hours wait, real wait, time. Uh, t- so are we just no it's two hours away you know you gotta have to go for it for two hours wow 
And then one of our players got very annoyed by this, understandably so, and started complaining loudly. And so he said, okay, a dragon comes out of the air and kills you. And then he's like, what? Whoa. And that, th- that, was, that was the campaign. <laughs> we did it. Did Great it. job, you everybody. Did the thing. You had- Two hours. That's the most spiteful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DM in the world. Wow. I mean, I guess uh, this hits a, l- a little bit on maybe some one of my problems simply is, I guess, a, a lifetime of playing amazingly written video games sort of spoils you for, uh, you know, kind of a homebrewed story, unless you have, like I said earlier, like an amazing DM who really understands what they're doing. And then you also have to have really amazing fellow players to go yeah. along with that. And play. Like, like the group you play, I guess, is so important. I don't know if maybe oh, I yeah. just never found that group. I feel like the num- the people that you're playing with is more important in DM than I think almost any other sort of game because I think going back to what you were saying earlier like DM or like Dungeons and Dragons like role playing games in general when it comes to a game in terms of like you know a sort of tabletop game or video game or whatnot it's never going to be as good as any of those like it's not so much a game as it is a systems of rule a system of rules that you can use in order to engage in cooperative s- storytelling with other people and i feel like that and i think that's basically what you were saying before as well like yeah that is what makes D&D unique or you know all of the other variants like if you want to do a tactical game with other people you're better off playing something like you know a video game if you want to have more complicated mechanics where a computer can mediate for you or maybe some just sort of like tabletop game like warhammer or whatnot if you just want to have you know interesting mechanics and whatnot mage night right it's interesting because it... like mike said from beyond the grave what yeah. happened there <laughs> mage night. i don't even know what that is is it mage knife or mage knight mage knight it's because you're a mage and a knight a knigget yeah Oh, you're a mage and a knife. Yeah. I'm yeah, I really want to see what like a mage knife is. You know, is it a yeah. knife that's also a mage? Is it it's sort of like a knife that casts magic? It's a knife. Wizard knife. Use. Yeah. It's got like M attack plus twenty five on it or something. It has a little hat. It's a knife that used to be a wizard. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it walked away from that life. <laughs> now Started it a tavern. Walks the road. Sentient. Whatever. <laughs> drinks its, it drinks its problems away at a bar. <laughs> stuck to a wall (laughs) like i'm curious to hear your take on this too andy because having been both a player and a dm did you did we did you play too much did you only dm andy which andy are you talking to andy not andrew not ford (laughs) i've never called you andy you fuck face (laughs) (laughs) why did you you direct that at me he's the one talking (laughs) well yeah <laughs> Somehow I got away from that scot free. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. See, this is this is like me being an idiot, uh, having like a million friends named Andy in the fucking high school. There's like five. Yeah, you should get of rid of you a few guys. Those. Yeah, there's there's two left. I don't I don't yeah. know the, the the fate of the other ones. <laughs> we have to, we gotta, Andy. We have we to have fight to jet leave this shit. There can only be one. Yeah, <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> one of us uh, will grow stronger. Yeah, you consume the other Andy and gain his powers. I did that one DM session where I was the DM for like all of us. Well, you did like and a few sessions though, right? Like you had a little nope, story in the we, campaign. I mean, I wrote, I wrote a lot. We definitely <laughs> oh, played like two or three different sessions. We played two sessions, if I recall. Did correctly. we? I thought two we played sessions. one yeah. that was just really long. Uh, it was well, one that was really long. long. 
<laughs> okay. again. Well, it was also really long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've never actually played one as a character. That was oh. really like hmm. my only experience with D&D was just being like, I can do this. I'll DM it. Also, I'll make all of my own stuff up. Fuck pre-made shit. I'm doing it all. <laughs> Not that to, so wait, that was your first, your, you, you created like a trans-dimensional time travel, like crazy like setting too. Yes. It was like, it was like D and D the cube with with time travel, yeah. but we were like cool Philip Van Lockevitz yeah. people. Well, like... it was it wasn't actually time travel; it was time dilation. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. It was localized time <laughs> dilation yeah. due to uh, gravitational forces from interstellar beings trapped yeah. beneath the. Whoa! Earth. Spoilers. Yeah. I really like <laughs> my character in that one too. I was a like a child that was somehow conscripted into the military. And I was like total coward, and I would like frequently try to roll to see if my character would throw up from nervousness. It was really good. Oh yeah, that's right. It was also like a weird like hybrid of like Full Metal Alchemist, like the State Alchemists. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Matt Porter was like a three hundred pound dwarf. He got eaten by a worm. <laughs> Matt Porter was a like because of his class, which was a a wizard, and because of magic being a broken system in the world due to these transdimensional things. That wasn't fully transparent to all of you. Uh, his mind was broken, and he had the ability to talk to God, and thus he could ask me in direct message one question a session, and I had to answer it correctly no matter what. Holy shit. Yeah. He asked bad questions. We didn't even know that at the time. Yeah, we no. didn't. I still, I, this is the first time I'm hearing it. I have no idea. I was playing a paladin who looked really big and imposing, but he was actually a charisma-based paladin, but I don't think any of you guys realized that. Oh. So, like, I wasn't as strong as I thought, as I was, like, putting on the airs that I was. <laughs> but your, your heal spells probably work pretty good, right? I mean, yeah, I was, I, was still I was still powerful, but I wasn't physically strong. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be judging any heretics. And that was fourth edition, right? Because I remember kind of having yes. the same experience as Brendan, which was like, oh, he's a ranger, and I get to shoot an arrow. I'll get to use my special ability of shooting two arrows. <laughs> <laughs> like that was that was every single combat encounter which is like shoot two arrows i'm done that was like the real downside to that whole thing was like i created all this stuff and i was like i have so much story that i want to like funnel at you guys and it was like 90 percent of that time was spent in two encounters yeah and yep. i was like this is going nowhere because <laughs> we have to like deal with like spacing and like movement and all that shit and i was like ah yeah. god damn it yeah, I feel like that's one of the big problems with D&D, at least a lot of the games that I've played. Like, combat encounters take up so much time, and at the end of the day, are feel like they're so relatively unimportant um, or uninteresting. Mm. Since, I mean, as you were talking about before, like, you compare the quality of D&D combat versus a lot of any other sort of tactical combat games, and it's not great. I mean, it gets the job done, and I mean, I feel like it's kind of important because it's so much of your character abilities and whatnot because if you're never going to use your smite ability then you know why have that smite ability yeah but like it's not at all what makes D unique and it's not what makes it interesting in my mind as a player i had a lot of fun because my first dm was, was a good friend of mine uh pete and he's like just really good at it he had like npcs and a cool story and like neat little hooks and like my character was like a like a, a dwarf cleric and I had this cool backstory and stuff about how I was like a, a weird orphan raised in a monastery and I loved like drinking booze and stuff like that. It's super great. 
uh, had a grappling hook that I was trying to be Spider-Man. That's what orphans tend to do. Anyway, so, like, the whole thing was, like, they had this crazy spider cult, and then, like, I got, like, uh, really involved with the spider cult and, like, was going to become a, a double agent. And our, our, our group, unfortunately, fell apart. But, like, the last session that we had was... Uh, I got a message from like the spider cult leader that like I you know me and the DM went off into a separate room and we were talking about it and he's like if you want to be in the spider cult now is the time you're in the spider cult and you're gonna to have to kill all your friends and I'm like yes I'm in the spider cult bitches I'm the healer I can get all these assholes killed it's gonna be great uh, it's it's really fun to like be sinister did you kill did you kill all your friends oh no that was the end of the session our, our group kind of fell apart. Oh. before uh, we got to find out what happened more as these groups tend to I was to. hoping it fell apart because you killed them all and they all no, got because it was a doomed scenario either way oh god where well, there's this other thing where it's like I tried I was trying real hard to get my guy undead cuz like there's this thing where like ghouls if they like scratch you you get this disease that you have to get like healed and if you don't get it healed like you would like die and like presumably come back as an undead that'd be like really weird to play like a character that can't be like you know <laughs> you're you're undead so you can't get healed you die what does that mean? I don't know. It would just make a really horrible time for Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was more than okay to put up with my uh, incessant bullshit. But um, the second part to this though is like as a as a dungeon master, I like on the one hand, it's a lot hell of a lot easier to just come up with some combat encounters and like throw people at it, which is like because it takes so much time to write story and stuff, you know. Uh, so I tried to like have a mix of that, but also have like combat encounters that were interesting story pieces in and of themselves i don't necessarily know how successful i was at it but like the kind of group that i was running andrew was in this uh like we had like kind of like a, a monster of the week kind of thing going where like one of them was a like i i kind of made a replica of like the first floor of the resident evil one mansion and they had this like spooky murder mystery with like a a guest star that i had come in and i told him secretly that he would have to betray everyone at some point he could do whatever he wanted to but like He's going to go along with the group and then, like, secretly betray everybody at the last second. It's super cool. It worked out great. I almost killed everybody. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> every session, I was trying my damnedest to get everyone killed. But, like, I'd also give everyone tons of awesome shit. So they always had this, like, really cool plus one swords and great stuff. You have to describe the one the one picture you had that was, like, the encounter on the boat. You just have to describe it. I'm not going to be able to do it justice. <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole main thing was that, like, there is this, like, vindictive god that was a, a combination of cthulhu and vin diesel and uh <laughs> but it was sure. vin diesel from like the fast and the furious universe so he like loved fast cars and stuff and all the health potions were corotas <laughs> 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 so like they had this encounter with like these these blessed bottles of corona that were potions and like these like uh weird silver shit that people could use against werewolves and like uh in the resident evil mansion one of the players still had a bottle of corona so he like mixed a whole bunch of silver ball bearings in with the blessed corona and like threw it at these werewolves and i was like oh shit could i do something cool with this so i had it like you know burn and completely destroy the the werewolves that were supposed to be this really hard encounter and he just like completely one shot one of them and so they only had to fight one so it went from like like a a way above challenge level encounter that like i thought was gonna get everybody to like a trivial thing where they just like they instantly one shot the first one some dude cc'd the second one and then they just killed it it's fine like all right <laughs> next part <laughs> uh i mean he had double that hit point <laughs> yeah and then another werewolf comes in ah! um, there was one inside his butt and he comes out <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends was telling me is like yeah let people do that but also just be like 
there's another group of orcs that you gotta fight now. Like just just like have something in there so they could do something. I don't know. But I thought it was fun to just let them do that. Um, I don't know how successful I was, Andrew. Maybe you can talk about that. <laughs> but <laughs> I was at least trying because it's so hard to like come up with like to get people to engage with the role playing aspect of it, especially like with a lot of people they were playing with is their first time really playing. Like it's you're like trying to get people to like get engaged and get like you know try to rp a little bit and you're like uh i don't know what to do and you're like uh you know what do you want to do there's a whole ship to explore do you want to break these people out of prison do you want to like check out the boxes to see what kind of loot there is and you're like i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah i think so that was probably my only like third like campaign playing like i really had barely played at all like i'd uh actually rasha you and i had played with some friends like in high school and like third edition which was maybe like one time oh yeah (laughs) We, I remember that. Yeah. It didn't really work out that well. It was fun, though. Yeah, right. And then, then playing with Andy DMing, and then that and then that was um, the third time. Nicely nicely laid out of, like, third, fourth, and then fifth edition, which was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think the one that you did, I think, was probably the most fun I've had, just because it was very kind of silly. Like, you didn't have to take it too seriously, because it was kind of, yeah. you know, the Vin <laughs> Diesel references and Cronus and stuff kind of lightened the mood a little bit. I think... Yeah, part of the problem is that people take it fairly. You're kind of you, there's like an expectation that people you have to take it fairly seriously just because it feels like a serious role playing game. And like you said, there is a kind of a weird barrier that even I experienced of like role playing as another character is hard just for a person. It's like I don't know. I think maybe it depends on your personality type, but like if you don't have any experience now doing like improv or doing acting. It's like how do you? embody another character and decide what to do there's almost like this kind of analysis paralysis that happens and it's like i don't like well i would do something but would they do something else so it's like you kind of can't decide how your character should act it's it's very easy to get like too self-conscious about it i think i find that that's a lot of the fun of role-playing i mean just to take a quick step back i feel like so much of the experience depends on the people you're playing with and if everyone's on the same page you know it can be a great experience like I played games of D&D where, you know, it's mostly about the tactical combat. I played some where it's mostly about the role playing. I've played others where it's a mix between the two. And I think the ones that are most successful are the ones that focus more on the role playing. But one experience, I've done some improv in the past, um, but like one experience that struck in my mind is when I went out of my way to role play a character that was very different from myself. I ended up actually creating this character with another member of the campaign. We both ended up role-playing bards. I was playing a dwarven woman who was an overbearing dragon mother that had driven away my son and in my infinite grief had adopted a half-orc orphan and then was deluded myself into thinking that it was my dwarven child. (laughs) <laughs> and so, like, in any sort of, like, encounter I'd have with other people, it's like, this is my son, you know, so on and so forth, and, you know, just whatever. Um, and then in terms of, like, the relationship that I had with that other character in the game, it was constantly being, like, overbearing and mothering him and so on and so forth. The son was the other player. Yes, another player. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we had talked about this beforehand um, in terms of how, we, when we were creating characters and whatnot. But it was like it was like shit. Like when we were got to the point where we were choosing our like uh, bardic colleges, um, we were sort of like in a city, and we were sort of going off to visit the various bardic colleges. And I'm like, oh yes, I'm enrolling me and my son in this particular college while my son is off and alone. And then I'm like, son, I brought you these pamphlets from the college that you're going to, and so on and so forth. It's like, but I want to go to this other college. Like, nope, 
no, you're going to this one. <laughs> but it, it was a fun experience for both of us, I thought at first, but later on it came out that he actually had a very overbearing sort of like possessive mother and oh no <laughs> it actually like we never talked about it in the campaign so i didn't realize it was becoming a problem but it got to the point where he just had his character wander off and start a new one instead and i'm like oh shit <laughs> oh no oh no Oh, wow. too close to home. Maybe that means you just yeah. role played really fucking well. Yeah. Like, nice job. <laughs> Apparently, like to an extent. But like for me, like part of it was like I was thinking, okay, what are these characters that I can think of that I've experienced in media that have attributes that I would want to draw on? And then whenever I ran into a situation where I'm like, I know what I would do, but what would this character do? I think, what would this, you know, fictitious character that I've seen in this television series do in this situation? That's going to influence my decision. It was fun, but I'm sad that I distressed my friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> see, some, I, I can see the fun in that, but also some of that's a source of stress, you know? Like, uh, yeah, totally. If you, wanted to, if you wanted to measure my charisma in real life, it's like average at best, probably less than average. <laughs> um, and like playing a charismatic character was really hard. Like, remember, my, my, my charismatic paladin had to like give you, Raushi, your, your dumb vomiting mage coward like an inspiring speech yes and like i couldn't and you had to actually yeah, yeah, give yeah. it yeah you're like actually you gotta say it that's not a thing that i do in real life i can't give motivational speeches that's not who i am and i was like can i just roll some dice can i just roll some dice to see if i how motivational the speech was and andy you were like no <laughs> I, I, think I, I think i did like but i still made you say something because i was like you gotta say it i don't care if it's bad but we'll, we'll let the role yeah, decide again it was very difficult for me yeah I, I feel like that's one of the hardest things to do in role playing like playing a character that's more charismatic than you or playing a character that's smarter than you like that's yeah. really fucking hard it's hard to be a character that's smarter than me, so that's it's that's not that's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> there was another character I played that I loved. It was in fourth edition. I was playing a human warlord um who was a motivational speaker. Um so I would like constantly at every opportunity sort of like break speeches out into acronyms and things like that and sort of like you know reemphasizable points and whatnot. So it was like, no, stop. <laughs> Or maybe they were really, uh, really great. They loved it. Actually, people generally loved it. Just like it was, you know, corny over the top and whatnot. But it was like I, I, one instant I remember is like we were preparing defenses for a town. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to give you the seven tenants to an effective defense. First <laughs> off, there's vigilance, you know, then there's integrity. And then there's, you know, compassion for your fellow man and fellow defender and so on and so forth. And then at the end, and if you've been paying attention, you'll realize that this spells victory. (laughs) (laughs) Because those are the seven elements for victory. So that was the sort of shit I was pulling as this character. It was great. That's amazing. I love it. It's absolutely incredible. Well, see, that's much more of a positive influence than like my drunken dwarf character who's just like, a slobbering idiot, like trying to use a grappling hook on people in a dire situation. Just attack. Stop trying to grappling hook this guy. <laughs> Mike, Mike plays an agent of chaos. Yeah, is a good character. Dipso. Dipso the drunken dwarf. I still have his little mini somewhere. I don't know where it is. Did we get to the, uh, the heart of your uh, guess, D&D yeah. conundrum? I mean... Did we solve if, if you're broken or not? <laughs> 
it sounds like it sounds like I just need to find the magical group of people that I'm so compatible with to play this with. All right, I'll bust out the one shot that that Andrew already played this one, but I've been working on it. Uh, there is this one dungeon that I subjected those assholes to. It was uh, it was a dungeon based on the card game King's Cup, where there's an enchanted deck of cards on a on a little plinth in the middle of the uh, of this like one little square room. And, like, each character would go take turns drawing a card, and every card that they drew would, like, fill the next room of the dungeon. And there's, like, a whole bunch of interesting, cool things that could happen. That's super cool. So it'll be an upgraded version, Andrew. There's a lot of repeats <laughs> in the one that I did, because <laughs> I came up with it in, like, a weekend. So, like, there's a lot of draw a card, and it does this one stupid thing. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to do that. And maybe we can run it with, uh, with us, gang. That could be a lot of fun. All right, well, do you guys want to take a break? Yes. Oh, sure. All right. Um, So I am currently visiting my parents. And uh, while I was talking with my parents and sort of getting the lay of the land, like it's been many years since I've actually been here. And both of my next door neighbors have moved out since I left this house like 20 years ago. And there's new families there. Like on both sides? On both sides, in fact, yes. And both of them actually moved in within the last few years. And in fact, one of the families moved in like a week before I arrived here a couple of weeks ago. Another family had been in this place in between. And when I was talking with my parents um, about, oh, so, you know, the other family wasn't in this house for very long. What happened? How long were they there? On the order of, I think, less than a year, actually. Whoa. Um, and they actually had gone through this long process of tearing down the old house and a bunch of other things, rebuilding a larger, much more expensive house on the property, moving in, doing all this other stuff. And then within a year, they were gone. Hmm. Mysterious. Yes. They didn't have, like, to move across the country for a job or anything, right? Like, I didn't. Not that I'm aware of. Like, again, <laughs> I don't actually have some deep connection. I do, I've never interacted with these people or whatnot. Give me their I... life story. Okay, so I, I can start making shit up now. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll, that'll Perfect. be part of the theme for this. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, and when I was talking with my parents about what happened, they mentioned that, oh, yeah, they were talking with one of the neighbors and, you know, they said that this family that had moved out, like one of the reasons was that they were getting really spooked out about worrying that their house was haunted. Their newly constructed giant mansion was haunted. And this apparently was a significant contributor in their decision to move out. And the reason for this, why they were convinced that the house was haunted, their bed would shake in the middle of the night. Spooky. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm a natural skeptic myself, you know. I'm a natural ghost myself. Yes. <laughs> Future ghost. <laughs> I'm an atheist. I don't really believe in the supernatural, um, but I find it kind of fascinating how much there's still a lot of sort of like, you know, belief or sort of like credence given to sort of ghost and whatnot in the sense that it would convince a family to move out of a house. But I mean, also beyond that, I feel like we've all sort of had experiences that are, you know, difficult, if not impossible for us to explain. Um, and I'm curious what other sort of experiences people have had along these lines, whether or not you can explain them afterward. I've had spooky, spooky instances in my new house. Yes. Spookums. But wait, hold on. 
their bed shook. Yep. And they just fled the house. So again, I'm sure that I'm not giving you the whole picture here because I'm giving you this is like fourth hand information, which okay. means it may be completely really... and totally wrong. I can't be fact checking this one, really. Right, exactly. So it's not like I've chased down my former next door neighbors and interviewed them and said, Hey, tell me about your haunted house, man. Hey you fuckers, why are you spooked up by ghosts? <laughs> so I'd imagine there's probably more to it than that, but still the fact that it was something that they communicated to their neighbors makes me think that there was something here, but I agree with you that it strikes me as kind of bonkers that their go-to explanation for a shaking bed is ghosts. How bad does it have to be that you're going to like bring this up in conversation with your neighbors, right? Like, right. I, I would feel like, well, I don't believe in ghosts and atheists, whatever, but like, I would never... You don't believe in atheists? <laughs> like a ghost, oh, I don't believe in That's atheists. Right. Like ghosts, <laughs> like many ghosts. See, my picture is not actually on the little Discord chat that we got going out here, so maybe I am a ghost. You don't know. Oh fuck! <laughs> That's deep. Maybe I'm the golden man from my dreams. What? Um, <laughs> you got it. You got Sorry, it. You got did you just one. say something crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be my bit for this segment. Is that like? Uh, when I was back living in my old apartment, uh, like the really shitty one, I would have this like weird, like recurring waking dream where I would like wake up and like hallucinate this giant golden man standing in the room is really weird. <laughs> was this the shitty apartment that we lived in together? No, this oh. is, uh, this is here in Rochester, a, a oh, tinier, okay. shittier apartment. Uh, our apartment. Oh my God. That's dude. That story. was, <laughs> that was real shitty. If you, was, if you, if you lived in a shittier were, place, I would be impressed. Were you there when the roof fell out and in that one room? <laughs> no. I got the a fuck big, out. A big chunk the size of like two pizza boxes, like two like sheet pizzas, like fell out of the ceiling of one of my roommates' rooms. And like the landlord was so like absentee, like we did we thought he was dead and we were just mailing our checks to some building. To a ghost. Like like they would decash, <laughs> but we would never hear anything about it. And like when the roof broke, we just like got a guy to fix it and put the invoice in with the checks and never heard anything about it again. It was cool. like, wow. <laughs> Wait, uh, so hold on. Back to this uh, golden man. Was he naked? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, he's kind of okay. So here's the greatest part about this, right? Like, I just imagine, I guess, like, I guess just technically, a large naked golden okay. man standing in your room. I mean, like, not like a golden Dr. Manhattan, but more like a silhouette of golden radiance that you can't really make out any detail, is what I was picturing. Oh, no, yeah, I was picturing it's, it's Dr. More Manhattan. more like a, like a shiny, <laughs> after effects y, like, like triangular, triangulated, like, uh, Good giant golden man, and like if you focus really, really hard on the crotch region, were there or were there yeah. not swinging balls? I mean, I really looked. There was there was no genitals. It was like a Ken doll down there. Duh. You know? <laughs> this is but very like, disappointing. As, as soon as you'd look into him, he'd like break up into little triangles, like a Final Fantasy monster, and then like like all the little particles would dissolve into nothingness. Is really bizarre. Sure, yeah, that makes total sense. I I only saw the golden man twice, and I saw him once where he's standing like in my doorway, and I was like, that's weird. I should probably wake up now. But I thought I was already awake. Anyway, it's great. And then the second time was just a, a floating head right above my head as I was laying in bed. It's great. Cool, 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 cool. That's the craziest uh, night terror I've ever heard of. Usually, it's like yeah. a dark, shadowy figure. You like you have like inverted night terrors. Yeah, it's just a giant, glowing golden man. <laughs> Roushi was touched wow. by an angel. Yeah. So, like, what was the experience like? Was it like terrifying at the time? Oh yeah, it's horrifying. It was sexual. <laughs> <laughs> he, actually, he gave me a, a tug. You know, it was really nice. <laughs> like ghost, you ever see Ghostbusters? Yeah. yeah, it's just like that. 
A single yeah. ghostly golden tug. <laughs> yeah. Just a little it only it only took the one. <laughs> you know, it's kind of painful and exciting at the same time. Still, I feel like this is the sort of shit that sort of like gives rise to people saying like ghosts are real and whatnot, because people have these sorts of experiences and they're going between being awake and asleep and, you know, giant golden men that well, admittedly, like I'm not sure people would confuse giant golden men for ghosts, but who knows what a ghost looks like? Maybe it's maybe they're all golden men. I don't know. It just seems so silly to think that's a ghost, though. It's like clearly a weird dream or like some sort of bizarre hallucination or something. Like, why is your go-to explanation ghosts? Why is anyone's go-to explanation ghosts? It doesn't make any sense. Because lots of people believe in the afterlife and <laughs> stuff like uh, that. I, well. I feel like part of it is also influenced by just what you've heard as a child growing up, you know, sort of ghost stories and whatnot. And if you hear lots of other people talking about ghosts and then you have a night terror that perhaps is less a glowing Ken doll golden man and more of a sort of like traditional shadowy presence or whatnot, mm-hmm. you sort of tie it into that sort of explanation of the world that you've heard. And then a ghost seems like a reasonable explanation to you in that situation. I guess so. Also, like, I don't know. Ghosts are weird to me. <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel Explain. about the afterlife or anything like that or souls or anything. But, like, I don't know. I sort of feel like maybe ghosts could be real. <laughs> Have you had okay. an experience? Why, why do you say that? I don't know how to describe Because I don't know what a ghost is. Like, is it a leftover consciousness? Is it some kind of, like, natural spirit of, like, energy in the universe? I don't fucking know. What holds us all together? What is dark matter? What is science? <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> Dark matter is ghosts. It's holding all the galaxies together. Fact. Fact. Cosmic. I didn't realize. Yeah. It's ghosts are also the expansion of the universe. That's right. Fact. Yeah. They hold it together and they blow it apart. Fucking ghosts. No, no. There's so a mind ghosts there. are both dark matter and dark energy. That's yes. a lot of responsibility for ghosts. I'm not sure yeah. they want It's all not that. one ghost, it's two ghosts. <laughs> Brothers. Or sisters. Who's to say? Now, do they have genders? I don't know. Let's not make this a gender thing. Let's stay away from that. I mean, like, so, okay, in in this house, this house that we just got, right, we had some weird things happen right after moving in. And, like, it's an old, it's an old house that they pretty much completely tore down and then rebuilt. So it's, like, it's, like, brand new. But, like, the previous owner died Mm. Oh, didn't die oh, in the shit. house oh, as okay. far as i know <laughs> but it's it sat like abandoned for like five years and mm. then and then it was bought by the person who renovated it and then i'm gonna uh, reverse my opinion 100 ghost your house is haunted <laughs> right andy i can see your video feed there's a ghost behind you right, right now I, <laughs> I thought about that i was like god i should have had like Lindsay like hide in like the corner and then like just slowly like walk across like while we were talking you have a very dark spooky background and you're yeah. very well lit by your computer screen it's perfect mm. yes uh so like right after moving in so it's two floors there's like the main floor and then you go down some stairs and then my office is on the second floor um and like so i got up and i'm wandering around upstairs and then i'm like oh i'm gonna go poke around on my computer so i start coming down the stairs and i come down to the ground floor here and there's like three doors there's like the room across from my office 
the bathroom and then my office door and i get down into like the family room area and i look over and the light in the bathroom is on and i'm like oh shit like i left that on all night that's weird so i walk over turn it off and it's like pitch black because it's like 5 a.m because that's when i get up and then i go into my office close the door and i'm sitting in here and then i'm like i swear to god i turned off that bathroom light last night so i open my phone because we have nest cams like the first thing i did was set up the nest wi-fi and then put a nest cam down here on this floor and in the living room and so i'm looking at it and sure enough it shows me turning off the light last night and then like a minute before i reach the floor like the ground floor the light flips on and then, like, I bum, come bum. out, and I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, I could have sworn I took it off. And then I come go into the room, and I'm sitting in there, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. You know, some of there's, like, in the laundry room, there's a light sensor. Like, there's a sensor, a motion sensor. So I'm like, maybe it's just that. So then later in the day, I go in, and I'm like, let's, you know, test out this motion sensor. So I'm walking in and out, in and out of the bathroom. Can't get the thing to turn on. Can't figure out. The only way it turns on is if you click the light. Don't, like, I I could not get it to trigger any other way. It wasn't motion. It wasn't sound. It wasn't, like, light sensitive. I, I couldn't get it. So I was like, that's really strange. And then uh, the next day, we had the uh, a portable, we have a portable AC unit. And it was running, and we had to leave. But we were like, should we leave this running? And I'm like, Lindsay, I think we need to just shut it off. Because it's probably not great to just like leave that running. And I didn't hear her response. And then I left, and then she came, and then we left. And then I came home uh, before her. And when I came in, the AC was unplugged from the wall. And I text her, and I'm like, oh. Uh, I th- I thought you were going to leave the AC on. She's like, I did leave the AC on. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you got a climate change ghost. I got yeah. a ghost that's like really like considerate. It's like, oh, he's coming down the stairs. I'll leave a light on for him. <laughs> oh, he doesn't want to burn down the house. Instead of turning it off, I'll unplug it for him. <laughs> and then so like the next day, like I got up again at like 5 a.m. And Link was waking up earlier and earlier for some reason. Because so I'm laying. Well, so I'm laying on the couch in the living room, and his door. Like when you're laying on the couch, like at the foot of the couch, you can see his door. It opens up, and he comes out, and he's like, "Daddy, daddy," and he walks up to me, and I'm like, "What's up, bud?" And he goes, "Ghost," <laughs> and I'm like, "The fuck." and like he's periodically mentioned like he'll just be like ghost and like there was one morning where i was watching the camera and the kids got doomed there was one he could see it there was one morning where i was i i had him i'm like bud it's too early we like it's like 5 a.m you need to go back to your bed like just hang out in your room and he's like okay so he goes and like his language isn't great like he's a toddler so he's got like bits and pieces you can he, you can figure out what he's trying to say. 
So he's got the important words like eat and ghost down. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I was like, where the fuck did he get ghost from? Like, the only thing I could think of was like, there was a Halloween episode of Paw Patrol, but then I watched it. There wasn't like a ghost in it. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, so I was watching the camera of him in his room because I wanted to make sure he didn't like leave his room. And at one point, he just stands in the middle of the room and then he starts talking and he, he's talking to someone and he's like making gestures and making like eye contact. He's like moving his hands and like having a conversation and like points at things. And like I didn't have the audio like it, it wasn't picking up his audio. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then like he like nods his head and then he crawled into bed and like went to sleep. And I'm just like, what the fuck was that? Like, what the shit? Yes, Ghost, I, I will kill my father. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. Bop so, <laughs> there have been some weird, weird things. Um, and uh, that's, that's been about it. I mean, he's mentioned the ghost a few times here and there, but we've kind of like, because like the one time I was like, what are you talking about? Why did you say ghost? And Lindsay's like, don't fucking do that. Don't encourage this shit. So I'm like, you're right. So, uh, <laughs> We don't really like engage with it. He'll still say like ghost every now and again or like point and be like ghost or, uh, but it's, it hasn't really been a thing. And none, nothing else has really like occurred that's been like bizarre, like too bizarre that like is unexplainable. So, <laughs> all right. Well, if something dies in your house, you got to burn it. Because it'll trigger a void out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a funny thing is, like, I told I, I told my sister about this, uh, and she was like, "Hold on." Like, I'm I'm telling her over text, and she's like, "Hold on." Let me let me pull up the text. Let's see if I can find them. Because she's like, uh, "I'm gonna talk to my hedge witch friend." Friend. <laughs> like, Whoa! Cool, cool, cool. What the fuck is a hedge witch? And she's like, "Oh, you know, it's just like someone who practices like." Um, witchcraft. They Don't do witchcraft in the hedges. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a hedge knight? Is like a, is it like a rank of yeah. knight? Like an or like a hedge knight? wizard? It, it yeah it means they're like not officially. They're sort of like rogue freelance. Yeah, so that's what it kind of sounds like. They're not like they're not recognized by the national organization of witches. Right. Yeah, they're not unionized. Not in the guild. <laughs> they sleep. They sleep in a hedge. So like so like her friend gave me gave me uh, a whole list of things that I needed to do. She was like, all right, this is what Burn you need sage. to do. Oh, yeah. Well, mm. not just that. She's like, all three like all three of you need to get together. You need to burn sage. and Partially like, make sage, sure... rosemary, and thyme. <laughs> I, yeah, something like that. Play, you, play some Simon and Garfunkel. You need, to, uh, <laughs> you need to burn, like, you need to get it, like, in each of the corners, even in the closet, make sure you get the corners closet. where the ghosts live and uh you have to do it with you have to do this throughout the entire house with intention she's like you, you just can't you can't just go through the motions you have to be like intentional about this whole you thing. have to believe like a tinkerbell and then and then but like why though your ghost sounds cool man he's like a friend to your kid and he's like unplugging your thing so you don't burn your house down like he's teaching your son words <laughs> like, like ghosts this is what i am also murder yeah. your father yeah <laughs> also murder your father but then you have to, you have to, as a family, uh, draw a ring of salt around the entire fucking house, which is a that would be That's a, inconvenient. A, yeah, yeah, a lot of salt too. Like and also, a lot. all three of us have to do this. It has to be Himalayan pink salt. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a super expensive. <laughs> and then you have to say this like verse that she gave us, and I'm like, 
listen, there's no way in fucking hell I'm convincing yeah. Lindsay and also getting my son to do this for the entire house. That sounds like I would rather just deal with a ghost. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, I guess you're just here, bud, because, man, that's just a pain in the ass. Before you uh, close the circle, you got to take a drop of your blood. Put that in the circle of salt in an effort of will to close the circle. And you'll, you'll cut your house off from the, the spirit world. Is that how that works? Is that, <laughs> is, that a, is that a real thing, or is what is that? It's for the Dresden Files books. Oh, okay. <laughs> like this is why people believe in ghosts because like they their parents did that with them when they were a kid. Some fucking hedge witch convinced them to draw yeah. circles. <laughs> right, exactly. Link's gonna grow up. He's like, oh yeah, there's ghosts because uh, we had to like sage the whole fucking house and salt yeah. ring and stuff. And I saw it instead I of like where it's like yeah, I think we had a ghost, but my dad was just like fuck it all. <laughs> <laughs> said he'd deal I would rather have a ghost than debase myself with incantations <laughs> and burn some bullshit sage yeah. in my closets shit you gotta get a, a throwing wheel a pottery throwing wheel why like, what what Ghost, Patrick Swayze. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. Don't worry. How did you not get this? Sorry. <laughs> I thought there was some kind of magic thing again, but... Uh, yeah, they were talking about like a, a chakram. Yeah, a chakram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. throw it. Like a throwing star. Throw yeah. throwing stars at the walls. That's the true test uh, if you have like a ghost or not is how sexy it is. But you just like you're like here we go. You set it instead of like a Ouija board. You just have a, a pottery, pottery wheel. You set up and you're like here we go. Like make a little just pot. Doing some pottery alone. Oh boy, it's hot. I better take off my shirt. Would be a shame if somebody came. I'm so lonely making this pot. Yeah, it'd be great. They're like, who told you to do this? You're like, well, a witch. I am super lost. Right now, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Just anymore. Google the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> All right, or just watch the episode of Community, which is arguably better. Uh, there's a there's a pottery episode. Of Brendan, Community. you you had a ghost encounter. I can talk about this um, if if that's what we're doing for the rest of this recording. I I think we're in it. I think we're All in right. shit. <laughs> we're committed at this point. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, in college times, um, I would, you know, I actually maintained a really good relationship with like high school friends. And so, especially in college times, it was always like a great experience to come back during holidays, summers, et cetera, uh, and hang out with them. And around this time, they had gotten into fucking around with Ouija boards. And of course, Ouija <laughs> boards are just the way you just you trigger all kinds of ghostly demons. Hey, some demons. demons. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that movie, Ouija. <laughs> yeah, no, and, uh, uh, man, in my like very like fundamentalist Christian childhood, I was taught that Ouija boards were evil and and tools of the devil, and they would like same, co- yeah, and they would come back. Like I was told, like these awful stories about how if you tried to get rid of a Ouija board, it would like magically come back. Like if you threw it in the trash, and then like people would magically take it out of the trash and bring it back into the house, and like oh, the Ouija board came back. Anyways, <laughs> they're like, I spent so much fucking money on this. The goddamn kid keeps throwing it out. <laughs> yeah, nineteen dollars for a uh, Milton Bradley plastic uh, Ouija board. It's nineteen dollars um, of nineteen ninety nine money. That's like twenty dollars. <laughs> this <today>. was <laughs> this was two thousand and five money, I guess two thousand four or five. Oh, so during the economic crash. Oh, you're throwing <laughs> a lot of money then. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
so yeah, they they had started playing it without me, and and a, apparently had made friends with a ghost named Howie Mandel. Mm. Howie was their friendly <laughs> ghost, no, just Howie. <laughs> And like they were like starting to describe like weird things that were happening. Like um uh they would play mostly in in one of our friends' basements. Um it was a very fancy basement, it wasn't really a basement basement. Um it even went directly outside, if I recall correctly. You know, the 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 conversation with the ghost, of course, starts like with just like figuring out who the ghost is and blah blah blah. Yo, you good golden man with a huge dick. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Show me that and long then, John Silver. Oh, wait, gold. <laughs> Long John Gold. And, and like, at some point, I forget how the conversation went, but, you know, of course, the conversation goes to, like, well, you know, like, can you make something happen? Prove it. Prove you're a ghost or some some bullshit. And at, at some point, Howie's like, yeah, okay. Let me kill one of your friends. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> what, what supposedly happened, and I wasn't here to see this, so this is all secondhand uh, experience, is that um, Howie told him to go out and check the car. And it was like I'm pretty sure this was like winter or like chilly times of some kind, like maybe November. And like, just imagine it raining, like chilly. <laughs> well, like ah, the chilly times, <laughs> the chilly times. Get the yeah, hot the dog and it, go make some chili dogs. Chili in a bowl. It's got it's got beans, so clearly it's not from X Y states. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, like I, I guess the car had like handprints all over it, but like from like the front of the car up to the roof and back down the edge so in a way that would be like really hard to do handprints if you were like a human mm. without like you know i don't know something something crazy like that right and so they were like getting kind of into this and they're like hey brandon like, like, like listen to all these stories listen to all these stories that are happening to us like you should you should do it with us Ugh. and for a while i was just sort of like this is stupid what the fuck's wrong with you guys <laughs> you guys are dumb but i <laughs> like acquiesced. reaction yeah i acquiesced eventually um and so in that very same basement, I, I, I played with them. Although I think even, I don't even think I was, like, I was not physically touching the Ouija board. Like I was letting them play and I was kind of hanging out nearby. Uh, but of course they like turned off all the lights and they made it all spooky and whatever. And the conversation with the ghost turned back into like, make something happen. Yo, kill Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys uh, keep no, doing this? Sorry, sorry, I mistold, I mistold. The lights were on, and they said made something happen, and the lights went off. And it was like, woo, the lights went off. <laughs> and then Brendan oh, realized he was leaning on the light switch. He was like, <laughs> no, no. So the, in- the interesting thing about this basement is that the only way to turn off the lights in this basement, um, we, were sitting, we were sitting in a room that was like on the opposite end of the basement from the stairs, and the only way to, turn- to control the lights from the basement was at, like, at or near the top of the stairs. So that's interesting. Like No one in the room was nearby to be able to like, control the light switch. And then uh, we hear like a knock, 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 like a very like interspersed like like sound, and everyone was like, "Holy shit! What is that? What is that? What is that?" And I was like, "Wait, stop! Fuck! Stop! Ask the ghost what that was." Like we have to like, I want to do some fucking science on this shit, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the ghost better tell us what the hell that was. Uh, yeah. And so the ghost, so we asked the ghost, okay, what is, what is it? What is it? What just happened? And he spelled out B A L L ball and i was like ooh okay he's like and u t s i n y o u r m o u t h um and and i had, i was like still like super skeptical and i was like fucking what color was the ball and the they it spelled out color it was, like weird 
<laughs> Those are like dogs. <laughs> it's spelled C and then L. And then like there was like a bit of like a, I don't know, it was hesitation. And then it went U-E. So we were like, clue? <laughs> but so I was like, okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's... Hashtag zero, 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 one, two. <laughs> so now... <laughs> So okay, fine, 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 fine. Let's let's like figure out what the fuck just happened. So we like I, I allowed people to investigate. So um, what we found at the bottom of the stairs was a bouncy ball, like a bouncy ball did come down the stairs, and it was hard to explain what color it was. It was a clear bouncy ball with like sparkly stars inside of multi of different colors. So like. That was actually kind of weirdly accurate, right? Like, what, what what would a ghost say if you asked what color that ball was? Like, clear? Maybe it was trying to spell clear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, okay, that's actually a pretty compelling experience that just happened, right? The light switched out. There was, like, a creepy knocking. The ghost knew exactly what caused the knocking, which was a bouncy ball, like, regular. Like, you know, if you, like, drop, if you ever dropped a bouncy ball down the stairs, like, it does, like, a very, like, yeah, it bounced, it bounced down the stairs, and it was pretty kind of awesome. Um, so, like, I was, in a, I was in a weird situation because I still super skeptical, don't really believe in any of this shit. Like, the, the best explanation I could think of is, like, someone in this room is fucking with us, right, and, like, trying to make us believe in this happening. Or their, like, parent is in on it and, like, yeah. helping fuck with them. Or a sibling, right? So my right, friend yeah. has a sibling who was not in the room with us but lived in that house. A couple, a few years younger than us, could totally be in on it, right? Um, so the total, it's really hard to tell, like what what could be the what could be the explanation here. And I was faced with kind of like a two outcomes. Outcome number one is this is totally fake. Like my friends are fucking with me, or well, at least one of my friends is fucking with the rest of us. Yeah. Or this is all really fucking real. <laughs> and they're actual ghosts fucking with us. And both of those situations, I was like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. <laughs> like, why are we in e- either either outcome of like the logical like progression? Like the logical outcome of this is like we stop playing with the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> you wow. keep um, playing until someone dies. <laughs> no, there were some like there were some shit, man. So like uh, there were multiple ghosts that they they slash we talked with. Howie was the friendly ghost. He was like Casper. There was like, I think her name was Georgie. There was like a female ghost who like died in the 1930s or 20s or something like that. So she was like a flapper or something. She's like, I'm drunk as hell. (laughs) And then I forget the name of the other ghost, but it was like the malevolent one. And there was like some shit where like, I forget if it was, I think Georgie was like weirdly naive, but also like, like Georgie was the one that asked if we wanted to open a portal. Whoa. I don't know what the fuck that meant. So we were like, mm-hmm. no thanks. Hell yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have no, played no. Doom. <laughs> I am the Doom Slayer. <laughs> Wait, are I'm there pretty ghosts sure, in Doom? I don't think so. Pretty sure the answer to do you want to open a portal is always no. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what the fuck that means? Unless it contains yeah. magical powers. I don't know. Uh, what if you became a wizard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does it lead to Hogwarts? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different avenue for magic and wizard. And is this Hogwarts okay, or is it kind of not great anymore? Because what era of JK are we talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, even like the nice JK is still like a horrible society where if you don't have magic powers, you like 
you're a non-person. Does, does it or does it not contain the pant the the, the floor pooping and the magic? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we in terms of Hogwarts power? Are we talking poop pants? The ghost is like, I don't even know. I you're not. I don't want to do this anymore. There's no more yeah. portal. You 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 ruined it for me. You ruined me. it. You ruined it. So one thing, one thing that one crazy thing that happened during this ghostly experience, um, and I think this was part of either talking with Good Georgie or the malevolent ghost. I forget what it was called. Um, the I think the malevolent ghost ended up threatening the group. I wasn't here for this. And <laughs> bunch you all in the nuts. What ended up happening was their water pump malfunctioned, and their koi pond froze over, and their fish died. Whoa! Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, correlation definitely equals causation. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, Wait, isn't um, it? Wasn't it cold out though? Well, that's the thing. So, like the 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 bubblers or something that was keeping the koi pond from freezing over yeah. completely malfunctioned, and so then the koi pond froze those over, things, and then the fish died. Those things die all the time. <laughs> Listen, no, it was a fucking ghost. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm fully, ghost. fully convinced that it was 100%. a ghost. He's like, I got yeah. you. I'm gonna get all you so bad. Your yeah. fish are gonna die. You're like, Dude, <laughs> those aren't even my fish. They're like, I it's don't like, care. What, what, like, what, like, avenues of of influence does a ghost have over the real world? Like, they can make like a small electrical malfunction. Like that's yeah, like, and pottery. they can affect they can affect like electrons and pottery. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like uh, Final Fantasy where the life stream is like literal ghosts yeah. that we're using as our like. Yeah. Our, our magic. <laughs> Hi, our ghost. How are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah. shit. You're going to turn me into energy. You're like, yeah. <laughs> You're going to put me in a factory so you can, like, turn on your computer and watch porno. <laughs> <laughs> just ring the ghost of their sweet spiritual energy. Just... <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to use the ghost energy to heat the koi pound to keep it from freezing. Yeah. Ah, there we go. I mean, we don't know what ghosts can do. Maybe ghosts can, like, shoot a guy with, like, a ghost bullet. <laughs> like Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, make of it what you will. I'm mostly convinced it was my friend and her sister fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a reasonable thing for a child to do to open the door, turn off the light, and drop a bouncy ball. Yeah, I know. Just... <laughs> Not, hold on, hold on. Not child, like college student. This is like 18, 19 years old. Oh, even more. Well, so. Even better. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh huh. That seems very reasonable. But then, how would the mm. sister know which ball she used? I mean, they planned it ahead of time. Maybe they planned it ahead of time. Yeah, I'm going to use this bouncy ball. Take this bouncy ball. Bounce down the stairs when the time is right. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, shit, what color was it? What color was it? <laughs> How do you exactly. spell clear? <laughs> yeah, or it was the real ghost. I'm sorry for your fishes. Rest in pepperonis, whatever their names were. <laughs> what? <laughs> Howie. Howie and Georgie. Rusted rest pepperonis. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think stuff? happened to dead fish? Here lies Mike, rusted pepperonis. <laughs> it needs to be like like an engraving of the box for the shitty two stone pizzas. <laughs> uh, so that is, a, I guess, a semi-abbreviated version of my ghost stories. <laughs> With you you, should, you should reach out to him, contact him, and be like, yo. Yeah. And be like, hey, was Howie the golden man from my dreams? <laughs> yo, ask, <laughs> my ask Howie how, if, he, if he's fucking with Mike still. Yeah, yeah. Or is yeah, he screwing Howie. with someone new at that new place? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mike's real lonely. He could use a visit from a gold man. <laughs> Since I got a cat, I haven't had any weird golden man dreams. Also, I moved, so. Yeah. Cats are scientifically proven to 
repel ghosts. If cats can see ghosts, that's why they're always looking at weird shit and dashing around like crazy. Yeah. They they can't see ghosts. They can only see into the realm of spooky, scary skeletons. Uh, Ooh. Can they see <laughs> the spooky, spooky scary, scary skeleton skeletons. inside of you? Yes. Probably. That's why they hate humans. <laughs> so wait, if a spooky, scary skeleton dies, does it yeah. leave a spooky, scary skeleton ghost behind? <gasps> no, it actually leaves uh... a human behind. <laughs> That's where babies come from. <laughs> <laughs> We've all figured it out. <laughs> it's took, it took very long for us to calculate this. This is all very Kojima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you read the story for Death Stranding? <laughs> mm, I have not. Ghosts, dark matter, antimatter. Wow, it's amazing. Void outs. Okay, wait, wait, what the fuck wait, is a void out? Wait, wait, wait. Ghosts <laughs> involve dark matter and shit in or uh, antimatter. <laughs> or, that's right, antimatter. Yeah, so like when you die, your soul separates from your body, and then like if your body you go is to the beast of, like uh, your soul can like touch your body again and like create like an antimatter explosion, and like destroy a whole city. That seems like a huge liability. Your soul, yeah. like, well, that's why the whole world is blown up. <laughs> it's like your body is matter and your soul is antimatter. But if they come into contact again, then it causes a void out. But why didn't why didn't it blow up? While you were alive and your body was attached to your soul. <laughs> Look, uh, stop asking it. questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's inside it, okay? You know? And then it, there's repatriates who could die and then yeah. like their soul could find their body again and they come back to life. Right. So the answer to all these questions is ghosts. Yeah, ghosts. I think I think we solved it. Homo demons. <laughs> Super solved. <laughs> Homo demons? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like Homo sapiens, but they're Homo demons. Oh, I, my <laughs> brain likes the word different. <laughs> I, like, I was watching you like work through this, and I was like, I I know what Mike's saying, and I know what you're like, like what you're receiving, and the disconnect was just beautiful. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about gay demons now. Like that's gotta be our our next episode. You heard it here first, guys. Homo demons. <laughs> <laughs> wow 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 this is taking a turn here's a, oh i just remembered one other weird thing okay so my friend i was died. still being really scientific about the ghost shit i asked the ghosts what they were made of <laughs> nice and did it say spookiness and the we and the ouija board came back and said dust d-u-s-t mm. and that nice. fucking flipped me out because i've read um cosmic the, dust no, no, the His Dark Materials fantasy series. Have, have you guys read that? I have not. Okay, so in the His Dark Materials, there is a, there is an actual um, part, like uh, uh, a, a new fundamental particle that the author introduces called dust. And dust is particles of consciousness. Whoa. And that's like a huge theme of the story of His Dark Materials. And I'm like still like 99% sure none of my friends have read that series. So I don't oh. know where the fuck they pulled that shit from if they were fucking with me. <laughs> and so I was even like, what? Wait. And so like I, I, I tried to like keep poker face and being like, oh, that's very interesting. Uh what what what's what is dust? Like what what makes it um you know, can you tell me the properties of dust? And the Ouija board said changeable. Oh. Isn't wow. that crazy? Like that was actually if, 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 it's like if a it's, fundamental field in particle physics. If yeah, if, if, if my friends was just like fucking with me, like that's like some turns real... out the Higgs field is actually ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, if 
Uh, I give my friend a lot of credit if they were fucking with me. Or there was a real-ass ghost telling me about, like, metaphysical, like, particles or some shit. And either yeah. way, like, well, kind of Well, I feel awesome. like another explanation is they could have just been, like, dust in the sense of ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And changeable in the sense of you can take that dust and you can move it around and make figures <laughs> with it and whatnot. I mean, Look even at how so, changeable that, it is. Even so, that requires a pretty like ridiculous level of bi- biblical literacy to like make that extrapolation. Like that's impressive. Okay, hmm. fair, fair. All right. <laughs> or, um, or the ghost is sitting there and he's like, "Shit, what am I made out of?" And he looks around. And he's like, <laughs> "There's like some dust on like the shelf," and he's like, uh, "The dust." <laughs> and you're like, well, tell me the properties of it. He's like, fucking, I don't know. Like, changes. That's a totally reasonable criticism. Because, I mean, if you were sort of like to just ask, like, the first person, like, what are you made out of? Be like, I don't fucking know. And if, like, you're just imagine, like, you're a ghost Water. out of nowhere. And, like, you know, you've just become a ghost. And someone asks you what you're made of. You're like, exploding stars. <laughs> Cosmic terror. (laughs) (laughs) This this is clearly the right time to go into. Hey, let's check this out. Hey, check this out. (laughs) Yes. Hey, check this out. What are we checking out? That's the question. Uh, I can go. I can go. I can go. I can go. <laughs> I actually have one this week. It's oh, the wow. uh, the Umbrella Academy Netflix series. Mm, yeah, I thought you were going to say Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, second season came out a few weeks ago, maybe like even like a month ago now. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't checked out season one, it's super good. Season two is really good. I really liked it too. It's a little bit different kind of like i don't know i would say like the tones a little bit different but um uh both are both are really good i i had a really good time with both of them so uh it's it's a great show it's a very strange take on superheroes yeah extremely strange yeah i'm not like superheroes is very loose in that yes yeah i've watched it as well and also enjoyed it quite a bit um it's based on a comic, which is even more insane. By mm-hmm. Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. I <laughs> have no idea. What the fuck? Yes. Wow. How far he's come. Yep. <laughs> wow. He wrote some music for the... He's done music for both seasons, actually. Oh, that's, that's actually really cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can go next. Um, I, have an, I have a TV show to recommend as well. Um, we have, you know... We're, we, I think many of us here are into anime, but we haven't talked about anime in a while on this podcast. I think it's, I think it's anime. Oh, I could talk uh, about anime on, forever. Anime. Anime. Muni. Anime. Anime. Okay. It's called um, Ascendance of a Bookworm. Um, oh, it is. I started watching this a little bit. Yeah. It is of the genre isekai. Isekai yes! means like yes. a different world. And isekai anime is this whole genre that, in my opinion, is complete garbage trash. Yes. Yes. Dumpster fire, awful, 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 awful <laughs> genre it's of anime. Fucking fan fiction in anime form. <laughs> it's like. Start our online, no game, ev- no life. Every uh, single anime, every single isekai anime out there is like 
oh, some like nerdy Japanese person dies and gets reincarnated into their ideal fantasy JRPG world, and then they get to do our JRPG tropes. And they're always and like mega overpowered, like they're like god tier for some yes. unknown reason. They're like yeah. ex- like exceptional people so they're like garbage people in life they die and then are reborn as like super overpowered like everyone loves them kind of deal and it's like yeah every every single one is the the same character it's super wish fulfillment kind of like yeah like nerdy disempowered person becomes super powerful in their their ideal fantasy world now uh this show ascendance of a bookworm has some elements of that but what it really it like it takes the idea of an isekai and actually like is thoughtful about it um uh a uh, very like bookish um, Japanese, I guess, college student, I think. I think she's like college age, gets, you know, dies unexpectedly and gets reincarnated into a fantasy world. But as a five year old frail peasant girl in a world that is like s- the world building of this show, A Sentence of a Bookworm, is just like so super deep and amazing. And, and, and like it's got this like pacing that like really like explores this world. Um, uh, it's just a, a beautiful story, and of 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 how this person reincarnates into this like little five year old girl, um, and and can take her modern, you know, her her modern real world like knowledge into a medieval fantasy world that is actually like realistically medieval fantasy, um, to the point where like uh, books, just like in in our, our world's medieval world, uh, books were super rare and valuable. It's the, the same goes, uh, the same as the it's the same in this world too. So. She's a peasant girl who has no access to books, but she, she was the reincarnated person of a person who loves books so much. So she decides to uh, kind of overcome her circumstances and and create a life for herself that allows her to access and create and read books. Uh, and like, that sounds kind of weird and boring, but it's not somehow. I don't know. It's 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 like a beautiful story. It's it's like uh, the world building's amazing and um, the like relationships and the characters are all really like well fleshed out like it's just a very very believable world i think that's the thing i like about it the most it's an extremely believable world even though it's fantasy and the fantasy itself is also very um restrained you know it's not like magical lightning mm-hmm. bolts everywhere you know magic exists <clears throat> in this world but it's also uh uh very well thought and not overdone um it's a little hard to explain, but I would I would say if you as long as you're okay with kind of like a more slow paced story, I think you'd really like a story like this. As far as East Sky goes, it's not super total garbage, which I I, I appreciate. So where can you see this series, by the way? Crunchyroll or um the 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 parent company is called like VRT, so you can stream it on either of those platforms. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I guess I I I'll <laughs> I'll do a short plug on Risk of Rain too because I've been playing a shitload of that and I love it. If you want a third-person shooter that's a roguelite experience, it's really fun, and I like it. Check it out. But the main one that I'm going to recommend is the firefighting anime. I'm going to put firefighting in heavy air quotes called Fire Force, where it's in a post-apocalyptic world where people can spontaneously combust and turn into demons, and the firefighters fight the demons. But they also have pyrokinetic superpowers like shooting fire out of your feet to fly or like you can control fire with your mind or making a laser sword yeah making a laser sword the one guy can make a laser sword uh because he thinks he's a knight <laughs> and how invested he in he is in the fantasy of him being a knight is how powerful he is so when people like kind of break the bubble he like gets really weak it sucks that's great 
in classic great. anime form, is it like a conspiracy that the Fire Force has these powers because they are causing the demons to exist in the first place or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't think I don't, they haven't really explained that. Season two just came out. Like, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens. Like, like one guy has the had the ability to like control fire, but he can control it like out of guns. So like when he shoots a gun, he can control like the fire burst that makes the bullet go to like alter its trajectory. Uh, but Neat. so he could like slow down or speed up the bullet, so he can like shoot a bullet to like make it a non-lethal round by like slowing it down. But he can also like do like wanted shit by like curving the bullets. They go crazy anime with it, where he's like ricocheting bullets off of the walls by controlling the sparks or some shit. I don't know. It's stupid. It's great. The animation is done by Studio Trigger. They did Kill a Kill and uh, Gurren Lagann. And, uh, Ooh, okay. Uh, it's, it's That's got me on board. Very beautiful animation. Yeah, I don't know. Fire Force, tell your friends. It's great. Watch it. So I don't have too much to recommend. Uh, the one thing I've been thinking about a little bit uh, is uh, an older game called uh, Splunky, since uh, the sequel hmm. was coming out later this uh, month. No shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, Splunky 2 is coming out for... I think it's coming out... It might already be available for PlayStation 4. It's coming out soon. And then a little bit later, like towards the end of this month, it's available for PC on Steam and maybe Epic Games. I don't know. Um, But I was a fan of the original one. I can't speak to Splunky 2. And in fact, I was kind of surprised that they're coming out with a second one because I'm not sure what they're expanding on. But I'm excited regardless to see what it is. But... Um, it's basically a um, it's a rogue light game uh, where you basically sort of dungeon. It's not it's a side scrolling game where you're sort of like playing an Indiana Jones type character where you're sort of getting loot out of the dungeon and there's shops that you can spend it on to buy equipment like shotguns and jetpacks and things like that. But just making it to the end of the game itself is extremely hard. And as you go through it, you can unlock shortcuts and things like that. But it has a lot of replayability. All of the levels are randomly generated um, and you can die very easily, permanent death, that sort of thing. But playing through it successfully um, can be very fast if you're good at the game. But it's enjoyable and I'm looking forward to the next one. Cool. Um, I'm going to recommend the movie uh, Ghost Watch. It's, it was kind of presented as like a BBC show, like as kind of, it kind of appears as if it's like a real investigative journalism show where these you know TV crew kind of investigates the house where spooky stuff was going on and was it real i don't know maybe you should make up your own mind about it um but yeah it's pretty cool pretty entertaining in terms of how it, you know real it kind of seems in a way so yeah ghost watch check it out cool all right i th- think uh we can do where can people find you i am at a minler on twitter where can people find you guys? You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at the Brendo. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Heckbringer. I am at Radhesian on Twitter and also soundcloud.com slash adhesion and adhesion.bandcamp.com. And you can get in contact with us at uh, Team Radmars on Twitter and radmars.itch.io and radmars.com. Thank you. We love you. Cool. <laughs> All right. I think we did an episode. Yeah, Probably yeah. like an episode and a half. Credits, <laughs> credits real fast. Credits real fast. Oh, uh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. Credits. Uh, credits to this one go all the way to Andrew Ford because he uh, did the music and also edited this episode. Yeah, yeah. I think. He's like, God damn, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one uh, there's a lot. 
Yeah. Oh, 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 we've got another topic to start talking about. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's start on that topic number three. We had a hidden topic planned, by the way. We just didn't do it. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, let's just end it. All right. All right. See <laughs> Thanks, you later. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thank you guys for being here. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> it was excellent. Stay spooky. <laughs> I also want to marvel at this Cthulhu Vin Diesel. <laughs> While you're talking, oh, I, I looked my up God. my old uh, Dungeons and Dragons chat, and this—that—that's the god that uh, they started off on a ship in in the middle of the ocean, and then they anchored the Vin Diesel god by like inter- interrupting the sacred transport of the artifacts of Corona or something like that, and he like cast them into the shadow realm. So <laughs> I love how just like bad this is. <laughs> it's just a very Poorly photoshopped. Just a a moderate amount of blending at the chin and jawline. Yeah.